and welcome to the Knock On Casey Lawrence Scoreline Daddy's Weekly Rugby Podcast. We're back after Christmas and the full house, uh, thankfully, here as well. James Blanchfield from Kilkenny, Tom Crotty from Carlo, Johnny Tobin from Tullow. Lads, how's it going? Not too bad. Happy New Year, lads. Happy New oh, Year to you all. And, well, we, we haven't spoken the last fortnight. Uh, you know, obviously, we're all on our holidays and everything else as well. But, Jeannie Mac, um, there's so much to talk about. Like, we were, <coughs> excuse me, we were waiting. There's me to have a cough now. <coughs> excuse me. We were given out with no matches, and then we were treated to Munster versus Connacht there the other night. I nearly switched it off after 20 minutes. It was like going, Cheney Mac. You know, oh, you're, wait, you're, you're waiting for a rugby match, and then that happens. Come here, listen. We'll talk about all that in a minute, but it's Thursday night now. And James, you're just after getting notification that all the Leinster League matches are off this weekend. Yeah, just got notification. I rang Dave O'Connor there half an hour ago just to see if there any news or any team updates that I could talk about with the podcast. And he said, I'll send you a text message in a minute. And in the text message came a statement from the Leinster branch or the fixtures committee to say that um, though most teams wanted to play this weekend, there was very few clubs that weren't affected by COVID. And therefore, the branch had made a call or the fixtures committee had made a call to, um, to postpone all of this week's men's adult rugby. Um, looks like youth fixtures can still proceed as as, as planned, but um, it looks like yeah that that that, that is postponed. Um, I think there's going to be a call made tomorrow in the subsequent meeting to agree how long the postponement is going to continue for. Um, but but um, I know I know we have a very disappointed cohort of players now who are looking really forward to this weekend. Um, but look, I suppose it's the it's the situation we find ourselves in at the moment. There's nothing we can do about it, unfortunately. Yeah, and you've been hit hard, especially in Kilkenny, James, with um, matches being called off, COVID and everything, and the run-up yeah. to Christmas and all that as well. So it's just, it's another kick in the stones. Yeah, well, we had two games called off. Uh, and then, I suppose, over Christmas, another few lads got it. and It's not ideal, and we were supposed to play and Ashburn over Christmas and those games haven't gone ahead so we've agreed to share the points in those but uh, which it's, it's, it probably suits us now at the moment as well but um, we'll just see Ho- hopefully this this damn thing can run its course everyone can get it it can run its course and we can get back to normal living over the next over the next four or five weeks yeah isn't it a good thing that they don't treat it like the Champions Cup and they just award the other team the 28 points even though you might have a few lads to play a match <laughs> anyway we'll talk about that later on we, we could do with a few of them <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually the same in the in youth rugby the um in youth rugby if a team pulls out due to covid uh, the other opposition team gets the points really and the bonus point. we agreed no bonus points <laughs> <laughs> but that, we agreed after the start of the season, so it's just a handy way. Well, it's just it's unfortunate for some, but I think the way things are going, it's going to have to have to come into play. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we were due to have a full round of Leinster League matches. Kilkenny, uh, Dundalk, Boyne and Tullow, Carlos Dundalkin. And uh, the Tullow women were meant to be starting their Paul Flood Cup as well. Kilkenny's women uh, were pencil in for a friendly against you, oh, Ross. Nice. Looks like everything is. Uh, Everything is gone, lads. So the local stuff is scrapped again. Um, so what do you do? Keep training, keep numbers coming in. But like, obviously, they're all affected by COVID as well and close contacts and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very bad at the moment. I think it's a real sickness. Sickening. You get a handle on it, like you can, to be honest. 
you'd have to admit that you you kind of seen this coming that the games were going to be called off this weekend. I never really thought it was going to be any senior rugby this week. <laughs> you know, um, good thing is there's lots of youth rugby going on. We've four youth teams on the on the go this week, so I get rugby on Saturday anyway. Yeah, Come on, Johnny. Yeah, the, the, speaking of youth rugby, uh, Mister Tobin there gave a, a display of refereeing a youth Southeast final up there in Tullo there three weeks ago. Hats off to you, Johnny. Rather strange. <laughs> there was a few coaches on the sideline and they started kind of refereeing the game and in fairness the, the the carpet was swept out from under them straight away. They were like they were they, they were oh, like nice after I got a phone call at half nine on a Friday night. I was in the bar in Kilkenny and I said, Oh, I may go home. Oh, I had to go. And Robin Johnson puts me on the AstroTorf of all places, but you <laughs> and young lads who want to play ball and you're running around chasing these fellas and you're saying I shouldn't have answered that phone call last night. <laughs> well done, Johnny. Well, you're doing very well in fairness. Well, I would you a bit of crack. I tell you, there was some crack, there was some cracking youth games. I did the, um, I was looking after the, end up looking after the South East, the under 13s in Carlo. And oh, uh, yeah. the cup final. Uh, Tulla won the plate. Uh, had, a, had a really good, really good game against New Ross. Um, they were just that bit. They were just that bit stronger in the first half. New Ross were came back in the second half and fought all the way at the end. It was a, it was a good game. Uh, then went on. We had the cup after between Kilkenny and uh, Westford. Yeah, uh, Jesus lads, where you got the, the center? Is he a center? His father's Argentinian. Yeah, yeah, Freddie's young lad. Um, he is ridiculous. He's yeah. he's. Some sprint champion under 13, yeah, 12, yeah. 13, his mother was 13, Emily Marin, 14, 13s and 12s or something yeah. like that. Well, he took off on three runs, and it wasn't in the case of give the ball to the big fella. He just took the ball. If he if he was given the space, good luck. I have I have never seen a young fella, to be honest, at that age with the pace that he has. There was our senior winger wouldn't have kept up with him. He was Jesus. He just opened his legs. He's tall. He's really tall. Mm. When you talk about pedigree, that fella has sporting pedigree coming out of his ears. His mother was Emily Marr, the Olympic the Olympian, the 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 track and the, the runner. Yeah. And his father, Freddie Quilaga, uh, is Argentinian. He came to Ireland to play for Gary Owen, and he was on the Gary Owen team that did the triple back in the mid two thousands. He was in the centre. Um, I think they won what the uh, they won the All Ireland Cup. They won the league. They won the Munster Senior Cup. That's right. Yeah. All in the same year. Freddie was centre on that team. He's best friends with Freddie Pucciarello, who the the, the Argentinian or the, the Italian prop isn't it that won the Heineken Cup at Munster. That's right. And um, Pucciarello was, was actually associated Gary Owen at the time. Uh, Gary Owen needed a centre. They asked Freddie Pucciarello. Did he know anybody? Picked up the phone and rang Freddie Quilaga. Freddie came over and uh, I suppose the rest is history. Married a woman from Kenny and is involved with us now. He won, I think, Freddie himself with us when he arrived in Kenny late, but he won uh, a couple of um, done cups with us. Uh, fine player. Even, even now, he's all, like I said, I think he's about 42 or 43. He can still see him. He's always itching to get out on the pitch. And if there's anyone, if it, if the seconds or thirds ever need someone to talk out, Freddie is the first to put his hand up. Um, brilliant player, absolutely brilliant player. And I've heard about his young fella as well. So, yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of young, good young fellas on the pitch on both sides. 
and the teams were, you know, would have been so close. But he was just the absolute. And it wasn't that case, you know. Sometimes I think when you hit kind of under 12, kind of 12 up into 13s, you have a couple of big lads and you throw them in the ball near the line and they burrow their way. You know, nobody stops them. But this lad was running from the 22, his own 22. And yeah. just finding, pop him in space. If he got space at all, good luck. So I think you have a little gem coming down the line with him. Yeah, hope so. Hope so. He's actually, they're living oh. in Thomastown. Well, unless uh, unless the athlete, athletics taken. That's it, yeah, yeah. Or Thomas and Hurlers can get their hands on him. Either. Seemingly, he's uh, yeah. Seemingly, he's flying at that too. Anyway, which was yeah. And, yeah but uh, I suppose you know it's, it's the age old thing like an ounce of breathing is better than a pound of feeding, isn't it? Yeah, and there were two good eighteen southeast finals too. Um, actually, well, Tullard, I have to say Tullard did really well in the in the youth across the board. Um, I think they won three out of the three plates they were in. Yeah, we won the thirteens, fourteens, and fifteens. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got well, to the southeast under eighteen and a half cup final. Was that well, I tell you, were on unlucky. Uh, I mean, that was a fantastic game. See, I know I couldn't get there. I run the the competition, and and it was absolutely fucking raging. We were, I had to isolate, and because we worked so hard all year to try and get those, especially the eighteen yeah. final out. You know, it was just so hard. And Arklow, in fairness, them we played Arklow in Tullow. On the I think it was a Saturday on New Year's Day. Yeah, I was over at that one. Yeah, it was a good and game. in fairness, our club the night before nearly pulling the plug, and they would have had to concede it. And their youth coordinator went off and got talking to the parents, and the parents themselves agreed they wanted to play it, even though they had, I think they had five cases of COVID, and one of the coaches or two of the coaches were out. But they, in fairness, them they came down, and uh, I'd say like I know our own 18s had a great game, but. Uh, in fairness, I was told that Arklow played really, really well, and you know, probably would have been a hell of a lot closer if they had a couple of players that they were missing. Um, but the 18th final in Carlo, well, all you, got, all you have to do is see the state of the pitch. There's, uh, I was out. In the I walked across it. My runners, Tom, was the biggest mistake in my life. I walked. I just, <laughs> I went out and I looked, and you could just see where uh, there was an awful lot of scrums in on the five meter line on both corners, oh, no. on the four corners <laughs> of the field, especially down in the left hand corner. So a sign of a good game, and I, I just unfortunate because I was told after it was just unfortunate. We could have got to try in the last in the last in the last seconds of the game to win it. But yeah. uh, it's great we to actually, see great rugby out there. Yeah, ourselves, like we we, yeah, we actually, got to actually the a three. cracker of a game that one, Tom. Yeah, I was in that, and I was standing. I just came across and I stood in the corner, down near the hurling club, and Noah Sheridan from Wicklow scored a try. I think within, well, I think it was 65, 70 seconds. He just ran the length of the field off the drop off, beat five or six fellas and underneath the sticks. And I said to myself, Jez, I might get back into the van now and go home. <laughs> and it just changed all of his lap like and the lads just turned it on. And I said to them after, I just seen a few of them after, it was great for us to have a team in the eighteen and a half cup final. Because outside of Ivan Cooper's team a couple of years ago, we haven't been competing at that age group for a long, long time. Yeah. So like uh, no, that's that, top that's... level, like no, no disrespect to the play it, we're in the we're in the cup final there, like we're competing at the top, like yeah, you know, some really good fellas there. Sean's been working with them there. He's home. He was working with them there Tuesday, and he's with them again tonight. Uh, he was at the final there on Sunday as well. And that's so, great. Um, good bunch of fellas. Yeah, you know, great team of first time. From our point of view, we kind of with the with the southeast, we were we were delighted to get the three finals, but we were a little bit. Disappointed then only to take one of them home with that under 13 ones. 
you mentioned there, Tom, the case to give the ball to the big fella. I think that was one of the reasons we lost the under-14 final to Arco. I think Arco had a bit of a monster playing for him, and it was a case of, I think we were I think we were 15 or 16 nil up, and I think we just started giving the ball to this guy, and he was unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, that's Jason um, Emery, son. Is that who it is? Apparently, yeah, apparently that's player. Yeah, apparently, no, it was speaking to Barry Daly and Mick McGrath, that's what they were saying it was. And he's, he's playing was, up a year. Is he? Genie, man. Yeah, he's playing up a year, yep. Wow. And then the under-16s yeah. were the team that we were expecting a lot from, but for whatever reason, they were missing two. I think, Johnny, they were missing the two of their main players, two or three of their main players. Um, yeah, there's a couple of lads missing, and I just know from working with them in the southeast, the three lads in the wrong position, not wrong position, yeah. but I suppose they're trying to play position. positions to help the team, but like yeah. I always say to the lads, play the lads in their position where they're best. Don't change yeah. it because other lads are missing. And I might have worked, you know, they had young Daniel there playing in the centre, and he's an incredible nine. And then yeah. they had Jamie playing at 12 and he's an incredible eight. Mm. You know, and just mm-hmm. look at it. They made a decision. They tried to get the win. And, and, yeah, they uh, did. And in fairness, they played some nice in fairness for that team, look at, they'll be disappointed to lose. And I know those young fellas are hurting, having not won it, but they were missing They were missing the two or three lads. But the other side of it is, is they, they'll learn a lot more in defeat than they will in victory. You know, you'll, they'll learn from that and they'll come on and, they're doing well in the league, so hopefully they can they can kick on because as a club we have big pl- we have big plans for the current under I suppose under 18, 16s. Youth rugby is going well for us, so mm. you know. One good thing I'd say about that that 16s team is they've more coaches than JJ Cavanaugh's. <laughs> <laughs> you see, there's a reason. They must have for a coaching team of ten people. Yeah, that's, that's, great. that's because that's brilliant. Yeah, and that's because the 15s and 16s are together. Yeah, you know, so they had. They I, have an a team. I met the manager, and then I met the coach, and then I met another coach, and then I met the medic, and then I met another coach, yeah, and then yeah, I met yeah. the head coach, and then I met another coach. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. How many players have these fellas got? Yeah, I, th- I think they have about fifty-two players in in yeah. in, in the under 15, 16 bracket because the club made a decision to field only an under sixteen team this year and not an under fifteen team for the league. So well, I tell you, they're going to, that's going to stand them. Sometimes, um, sometimes it can be a benefit to clubs like that. You know, when you when mm-hmm. you combine up, especially because if you actually look at it the way if you, if you look the the way it used to be with the All Ireland Cup set up, it's sixteens and eighteens are your two main main tournaments. So I mean. You're going from 16s now. Forget 17s are finished. There'll be I can't see 17s happening again in the, in the next couple of years, except for schools youth. So mm-hmm. if you have your team there combined now, in two years' time, they'll be combining again, and they'll yeah. all know each other. Yeah. Like your 16s, your actual point. 16s this year, they'll move up to 18s next year, and they'll have a year of 18s. The boys in, at who are playing 15s will be the 16s but when they move up the following year then you have that team back together again yeah that's a fair point you know that's with the, with the, all the experience and the heartache of like it can be a nice little learning curve there like i mean i know you, yeah. they lost the game all our four that little bit of heartache moving up what our 15s and 16s train together our 17s and 18s train together and i said it to one of the lads last night i really believe that the 15s training with the 16s really helped them win that southeast because they got that physical edge from hitting with the 16s for half a season. Yeah. 
and it really does benefit them. Like, like just like it's a no-brainer, really. The more numbers are trained, the more competitive it is. That the easier it is that for the coaches and everything, you know. Yeah, without doubt. So long may it last that they keep continue to work together. Yeah. yeah. Well, I encourage anyone now that there's no adult rugby on. I think all of the clubs should be encouraging supporters who want to go watch a game of rugby to go watch any home youth matches that are on now and get to know the next generation of players that are coming in their club. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah I'm going to Port Leash now this Saturday. There's um our 15s and 16s are playing in Port Leash. Jeez, I haven't been to Port Leash, I'd say, easily. The last time I was in Port Leash, I played a seconds game. Uh, I actually played 12 outside Pookie. And that's not today or yesterday, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think it was 2012 yeah. or something the last time I was in Port Leash Rugby Club. Oh. So, um, bit of crack to go up and watch the 15s and 16s playing. And that's our amazing. 18s and 17s are playing as well. So, starting their leagues this week, I think, our 18s are. Yeah, we've only playing scaries at home. So, that'll be a good game to go to. If anyone in Tullow is at a loose end on a Saturday. Yeah, we've only won a home game. We're we've only our four teams are play are playing Eden Derry at home. That's the only. Yeah, home I think game. I think we've only won home game as well. I think eighteens are the only home game we have. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We only have yeah one home game and just minis training. That's that's the total excitement in the club this weekend. So um, give your picture. Yeah, we would have only had <laughs> well, we would have only had Clondalk and our first team anyway. There's no seconds so that like. Would have only been two home games, but it would have been nice to have the seniors playing. Anyway, dream on. Um, so great that there's a youth rugby and everything going, lads, as well. Obviously, with the just to remind people listening to the podcast that they're only listening to it tonight, Thursday, the, all the Leinster League matches are off this weekend. Uh, COVID cases going rife, but it's had its effects on the professional side of stuff as well. We'll talk about that first, and then we'll go on to Munster and all the problems down there. But uh, a heap of cancellations in the Champions Cup, uh, the URC, and everything as well. Um, and a big bone of contention, I suppose, was Leinster getting a squad together and um, getting them ready to fly over to Montpellier and, uh, uh, you know, European Champions Cup organizers just saying, nah, Montpellier get the win, here's your bonus point, 28 points. And uh, that's the end of that. Leinster obviously are going to take it a bit further, but a lot of teams in different boats when it comes to that as well. But it's a bit of a an S-show, the whole thing at this stage, isn't it? It is. But did that not turn out to be the right decision? Because a lot of the players that Leinster had in the squad that were going to Montpellier ended up having it. They had, yeah. They had, like, I mean, there's nothing going to hold stead because their second game the following week was cancelled. They cancelled the second week. Mm. Uh, the next time. So, I mean, they haven't really liked to stand on to go back to... Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll, they'll say that the European thing made the right decision at that stage, you know? Yeah, what well, the talk on the day, on the Thursday night before the Friday they were due to fly and their match was Friday night, they were going to fly out the morning of the game, was that they had a squad that passed all their PCRs on the Thursday night ready to fly on the Friday and they had everyone was passed ready to go. They had no extra cases then. It, no, it was when was the match called <coughs> off? The Thursday night? Yeah, it was, it was straight after the podcast, actually. I think, James, you got notification during the podcast or just at the end of it, um, which would have been Thursday evening. Um, yeah, so they had a squad that was all passed, ready to go, but the, the EPRC were saying, well, no, you've had too many cases across the last week or whatever like that, mm -hmm. and it's just it's not good enough. So there was a bit of a grey area there as well, but sure. Am I right yeah. in saying it's now 11 weeks since Leinster played a game? 
Chase yeah, might be right too far James. off that. Yeah. It's before the Autumn Internationals, isn't it? it Connacht, the beat Connacht, wasn't it? Was that was the last match <coughs> that played, uh, in the yeah, RDS. No. I mean, for Leinster, for Leinster, one side they're fresh, the other side they have no match practice. Yeah. You know, I think they're are they playing the Irish in their twenties tomorrow? In a, in, tell you. in a friendly, I thought I saw something about that today. Yeah, probably. But, uh, yeah. You know, I think uh, Leinster Lins, are going to suffer without lack of without much practice. All this, all this uh, momentum coming off the back of the autumn internationals and the Leinster lads getting run outs for Ireland and all this stuff is all gone. It's like yeah. starting all over again. Um, I suppose a lot of teams are in the same boat, but uh, something that really came to the fore over the Christmas in the last couple of weeks is Munster. Um, Sent out the chaps for their Champions Cup game one, which was great. Uh, half of them were hit by COVID, obviously, coming back from South Africa. But then the last two matches, particularly against Connacht at the weekend, everyone's calling for Van Graan's head. He has announced he's leaving. Should they kick him out now? <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be. I think that'd Tom? be. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm absolutely. Well, I'm little with it because it's not just. It wasn't. I think it wasn't just. It, you have, I, I use the words in a chat with ourselves here, though. There, I know it was a rudderless monster. It is rudderless because mm-hmm. you can't, like, I don't understand how you can announce in the middle, the start of it, well, near the start of the, the start and quarter of the season that you're a tack coach. I mean, that's a big loss for anyone because I know a lot of the lads like Stephen Larkham. And um, from a fan base, I'm presuming that we uh, kind of had hope that. Uh, that Stephen might might have taken over or had more of a call in it and changed the way they played. And it looked like at times maybe he was having a bit more influence. So he was gone. And then a couple of weeks later then, Van Graham decides he announces and of all the teams like Bath, and that must be like a, a massive kick in. I don't care what, what squad. Like if you were to announce, the point, no, that's why, I mean, we don't... If you announced at the start of the season and had a coach that was really doing well and said, look, this is probably been my last year, the team usually would get behind them. You know, if your own coach in, in the club would say, look, this is probably the last year, lads, everyone would get behind them. But I think in in this circumstances, it's, they just look shell-shocked. I don't know. They're, it's, they have no identity anymore. They don't, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't score with them all. I mean, even when they weren't playing good rugby, the one thing they've always had was getting close to the line. You were going, oh, Jesus, well, at least they might score a try here off a line-out mall or they'll batter their way over because yeah. that's just the thickness and the thickness that a Munster team normally had. And it was pure, just 100% out-and-out thickness that they that they scored a try. But, Jesus, to see them at the weekend was just, it was shocking. You know, yeah. it was there was nothing, absolutely nothing. But two things, Tom, which are kind of on Stephen Larkham. He's a tech coach. The Munster attack hasn't really fired. Really, really fired. Has Stephen Larkham, the coach, still been living off Stephen Larkham, the player's reputation? His Brumbies team, when he was with the Brumbies previously, wasn't it? Yeah. They were a balling side as well. They never really lit the world up with attack rugby. Um, the, the, to me, the Munster... And in his defence, the Munster attack is, is built on dominating packs. And if they don't dominate packs and bully the pack that they're playing against, their attack falls asunder and there's no plan B. Um, Munster are a mauling side and Connacht mauled them equally as well the other night. They had the six penalties in a row and five advantages under the sticks. 
and they just bashed and went again. There's no attacking intent there. And I would point the finger at Larkin for that. But the other side is the head coach does call the shots as well. This is the thing, and this is part of a bigger issue. Uh, is like you're talking about there. Is Stephen Larkin being held back by Johan Van Graan? I think like, so. Look at the bigger picture. Jerry Flannery, Felix Jones. Um, you, you've spoken about it many times, James and Tom, about how good quality coaches they are and they left. They turned down contract extensions because they were probably talking, not being listening. Went, you know, what's the point of staying here? I'm, I'm pissing against the wall. Um, do you know what I mean? Pissing against yeah. the wind. Like, well, I've been following a lot there recently and I do follow a lot of rugby bloggers on Twitter and whatnot. And a lot of the South African lads are saying about Van Graan that Van Graan got to play, got the jobs that he got at the Bulls in South Africa on account of his father being CEO of the Bulls. And he got a lot of jobs in technical roles rather than coaching roles. The, the language coming out of the South African thing is, and even when he went into the South African national side under Henry Moyer, he was a tech, he, he was a he was an analyst, not a coach. The, the, the rhetoric coming out of South Africa is this man should never have gotten a head coach's job with a, with a team like Munster. You know, well, I, it's not. It's not good enough to. It's not, and, and I know, like we discuss it here, but they're discussing Munster and and a Leinster in the middle of Leinster, <laughs> and people probably sometimes wonder why we give out so much about Munster, but it's not. It's the fact is, it is a quarter of our of our Irish rugby. Yeah, it's a huge picture. part of Irish rugby. It's a few huge part of Irish. The history of Irish rugby for Munster for that province to bloody perform, and there is no point. And I'm sure that nobody, nobody anywhere wants to see a team falling and falling like out of grace completely and losing their identity and losing some of the fan base that they have because people are bored and are are just falling away because it's not interesting to watch. And the first comments that came back, I mean, I looked at a lot of the. The, the, some of the monster, uh, the fan, the, the fan base of it, and what the comments were coming back, and it was all oh, the, the, the comments there was Jesus, thank God we didn't play Leinster on on Stevens Day. Mm. I mean, everyone just said they would, like we would have got it absolutely, and they would have got annihilated. Yeah, you know, Connacht have like Connacht have their own. They make the best of what they have. They bring on players to phenomenal. Keen Prendergast is just having. Like his his um, mother's from Carlo, really from right. Carlo, um, which were I would have been footballers with their oak and everything. Uh, two of them played in the club themselves, all big men, and uh, his brother I think is out half or is playing out. He was the out half for Newbridge that won the cup, would uh, share the cup, um, <laughs> just before COVID, and like they're able to bring on those players. Your man. Um, the guy from Scarys played at Munster. Oh, Conor Oliver. Conor Oliver. Oliver. Gear. Little turning out, like he's turned into a little terrier. Yeah, like he Sammy was. There's so he's many players good. there that have been in other setups, but they make the most of it. They have a game plan. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you know if they lose, they go out fighting. They go out with the same style. They don't change the game necessarily mm-hmm. to meet who they're playing. They just I go out and watch play away. I love watching them for that reason. They play to their strengths and they play to their limitations. Um, like, and Ulster are playing their own form of rugby, I, I think probably from being down here, we don't particularly get that interested in it. But 
they still have fantastic players coming through. Another lovely centre, yeah. another cool centre coming through there. Like nice they have, steady flow of players as well. You know, uh, not players uh, there that are going to add in years to come. But like if they don't, and I blame the IRFU as well and the Munster, but the, the whole setup, they have to get to get their arts in gear. And maybe it's a director of rugby that they need in someone to control and get the right coaches and get the right setup happening that the players enjoy it that the, the fan base starts getting back and it's not about winning every game it's about going out and looking at them and watching them and saying Jesus yeah. that was a great game they nearly won but they played really really well I think for Munster I actually think given some of the stuff that's happening in the background with Rowan Tree signing his contract extension they're talking about signing a centre from Saracens what is it Dom Morris or Dominic Morris there at the moment the speculation of him signing I wouldn't be surprised. Those like new signings and contract extensions for coaches aren't just happening with with the, the, the guys upstairs making those decisions. And that understanding, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a director of rugby or a new head coach identified and being engaged already that's given the thumbs up for round trees a contract extension and for Don Morris to be coming in. It's my own belief that yeah, that, well, I can't understand how they gave Roundtree, how they gave Graham Roundtree in the contract extension if he's the forwards coach and they're not exactly performing well in the set piece. So yeah. now, am I being harsh, harsh and blaming everybody down there and not accepting? But no, you have a point. Unless somebody sees, somebody sees something they don't see, but I don't understand how anybody in that setup, anybody, if it's yeah. not working. But look at their lineup. Look at their scrum. Their set piece is working very well. They have the best line out in the in, in the in the URC, haven't they? Um, I think they've they've um, they they have the highest number of uh, mall tries so far this season. And so I think from that perspective, things are are going well um, from, from what I see. But uh, it's um, it's going to be an interesting time for Munster now between over the next few weeks and months. Like Keith Wood last night, I think there's Keith Wood on on on. Um, off the ball where he said what was a turgid nonsense that they played and he'd, he'd like Van Grant to go now I probably think Keith Wood might have an agenda of his own there as well I don't think he's ever been fond, fond of Van Grant which none of us have no. but I think that uh, Wood would be linked in with with Munster traditionally and a lot of the how should I say the professional what, what do they call them down there the professional players committee which is all of the ex-players and I suppose he, he has the inside track there as well from listening to the likes of Mick O'Driscoll and John Kelly and co, he probably knows stuff we don't. Um, and we'll probably, they'd probably be happy to see Van Grand gone now and with Ian Costello taking over in the interim role to the end of the season. But uh, it's going to be an interesting time for months now. And while you mentioned that, isn't there talk of RG Snyman and Jason Jenkins following Van Grand to bat? Wow. It's, looking, it's, looking, it's looking possible that their contracts, uh, that they're going to be signing contracts with bat. Sure. And... Word is that Damien Dialende is on the way out as well. Yes, yeah, so RG Snyman what has played about half an hour yeah. of rugby for Munster, if even, and he's gone. Wow. There's going to be big changes in Munster this and, um, But the good news is that Joey Carberry signed a contract extension. John Klein, who I think is the most underrated yeah. second row in Ireland, signed a contract extension. Um, uh, what four of them as well. So, so yeah. um, see what happens. Yeah, Conor Murray got a three-year IRFU contract as well. I don't think we discussed that. Um, a bit surprised about that, to be honest. 
mean, I tell you, yeah. he, I hate, I, and I hate it actually admitting he was missed on, he was missed on, on, on yeah. at, the, at the con, and I think he wouldn't have allowed, no, I think he wouldn't have allowed what happened down on the line, no, to happen, no. and I think Craig Casey's as great little passer and terrier that he is, I think he still needs, uh, still needs to grow up a little bit, and yeah. and and. Uh, Become cute because I think his direction, the way he, he directed play down there, and when we were baiting off, baiting off the Connacht line, I think was poor. And I think Murray would have, you know, we all say about him being slow or whatever, but that wouldn't, I don't think it would have happened. They had five advantages in that phase, in that in that sequence of play, they had five advantages. Murray would have tried to kick through, he would have let it out to the backs or something like that. Definitely 100% agree with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other thing is that they didn't that phase of plays. They were trying to get another yellow card for Ulster. Now I have a I have a grievance of the referee on the game. I thought he had a shocking game, but I'm not going to get into that on this. Yeah, yeah, a couple of dodgy calls, all right. But um... on a side note, I'm actually reading Keith Earl's book at the moment. Brilliant book. I'd recommend just to read it. Absolutely. He talks about coaches in it as well. I just start just just starting myself. Brilliant book. Yeah, uh, you know, you talk about the, the 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 old dog for the hard road. By God, he he had a hard road before he came an old dog. Sure did. There was actually um, a thing on uh, a program on TG Car. If anybody's listening, and they can go yeah. onto the onto the TG Car um, player and look up uh, twenty five years of AIL. Yeah, yeah. It was a really, really good program and great insight into clubs and and different players from that everyone from Corinthians to young monsters to uh, right across the board lands down your name. They're all there. It was really, really interesting, really, really interesting program. And it's still up on, on the TG Car player if anyone's interested in it. Absolutely. Um, so lads, there's no uh, no Leinster League this weekend. Anything else happening or? <laughs> we, cleaned the car park in, we cleaned the car park in the rugby double over Christmas. It's a pristine <laughs> order out there. <laughs> That's what you want. Oh, well, actually, James, and, an, and another thing, our boiler, our boiler for the hot water when Kabut Poro Justin was, was trying to figure it out last night. As I said so. before, Tom, it's hard to get a good We are delighted. We, we, I think, I think, uh, on one end of it, we might we might be delighted about not having the game because I think we can try and patch it up for the weekend so the lads would actually have a shower. But uh, <laughs> I know, and actually, we, I think you're right about Leinster. Leinster Munster played okay. Munster development, kind of a development side, played the Irish Twenties last week, and well, I think you're right. right. It could be Leinster development playing the Twenties. They're preparing for the Six Nations. Yeah. So I'd say there's probably a young a young Leinster side going to play them. Good stuff. A lot of opportunities for young lads. We're actually seeing Nicky Popperwell's young lad is Ben Popperwell, isn't he? He's on being touted to go to Connacht as well. Yeah. As well? Yeah. Well. Jesus. That's um Charlie Ward's gone over there. He'll be gone mm. there. Yeah. Be a lot of Southeast lads over there. Huh? Be a few Southeast lads over there. Jeez, there is. Well, there's a lot of um, there's quite a lot of Leinster lads over it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sent a few over over the years, sorry. Yeah. Um, lads, we'll probably wrap it up there. Um, it's good to catch up with you after the Christmas, and uh, 
Yeah, it's a pity that the matches are all called off this weekend, but sure, such is life and with COVID and everything at the moment. Yeah, um, but sure, we'll see. We'll flick through and see the Rant and Dayson on the telly this weekend to watch somewhere. Um, some top 14 rugby. Nah, we'll CJ Jahan ripping it up over there. And Claremont. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Lads, pleasure talking to you. Catch up with us all again next week. Absolutely. Yeah, and hopefully we may have rugby. Yeah, exactly. And best of luck to all the kids anyway. Yep. Hopefully we get to get some watch some a bit of rugby this weekend. So.